You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Four check marks, there we go. We need to get the Mile High Huddle Facebook page up as well. Do it. Oh, yeah. The crowd goes wild. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome into Tuesday night, 6 o'clock Mountain Time, which means it's time for another episode of Building the Broncos. Uh, I am Nick Kendall and joined by my good friend and co-host, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are you doing today, buddy? You know, I'm good. I've been down at camp all week and uh, drove back special just to be here for this show. Got to drive back possibly tomorrow for camp. So, uh, But I didn't want to miss our, our Tuesday get-together. Love you guys. and always love doing this show. And I mean, camp's not very far, so it's not like huge sacrifice to come back. But uh, drove back in a monsoon. We got like three inches of rain, flood mm-hmm. warnings, and fire trucks had to go out. Man, it has been like end times apocalypse weather around here lately. So it's uh, it's getting a little crazy. But uh, still here, still surviving, and excited to talk some Bronco football. What about you, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well myself. Um, I'm glad that uh, you could walk uphill both ways in a snowstorm to get here to join us today. You're uh, you're officially a dad, an old man uh, with right. that story. No, man. I mean, we always talk about the weather in here. It's beautiful today. Honestly, there's a little breeze coming in. So if my mic is uh, picking up that, uh, I can shut that window. Let me know, uh, John, or people in the comments. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, a little tired. I'm excited for a much needed um, short abbreviated va- vacation this week. So I won't be here thursday and friday this week but uh yeah no things are going well and excited to talk some broncos football i know it's dead time right now but there's always something lively going on with the broncos especially with mile high huddle we got you covered um like like i said guys this is building the broncos we're here every tuesday night uh at six o'clock mountain time uh typically almost every time it'll be carl and me obviously with the summer other obligations we might have to do a little bit of a mix and match sometimes but uh tuesday night's gonna be building the broncos 99.9 percent of the time uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, uh, myself at Nick Kendall MHH and Carl as well at Carl Dummler MHH. Also, guys, make sure you follow Buana Beast, John K at John K MHH. And while you're over on Twitter, just just keep following all the accounts at BTB Football Pod at Mile High Huddle. Uh, you can get all our content there, written content, podcast content uh, at Mile High Huddle or Huddle Up Pod. Also, that's another one you can follow. Um, and I see the the likes are starting to trickle in here slowly but surely. We got our yeah. likes from uh, Garrett Ringy and George Fox. We got a heart from Gary Leeds Palmer. Gary always coming in with the hearts. Oh, Troy is coming in. Troy, Troy Wild Turkey Scott. What a Ooh. name. Um, so if you guys if you would please uh, click those thumbs up, click the heart react, anything like that over on Facebook that helps keep the ball rolling. Uh, that helps get more engagement and helps us a heck of a lot. And while you're over on Facebook, also follow us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter, join the conversation. Um, I know again, it's the off season, but it's really going to be starting to pick up here. It's, it's only up from here. Um, and we have to give a shout out to our main platform here which is, of course, YouTube. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, uh, number one thing you can do to support the show outside of Super Chats, Superstars, Super Stickers, any of that is going to YouTube, subscribing, liking, and sharing this page, this podcast, everything Mile High Huddle there. Uh, Again, more engagement, more eyeballs, better community, bigger community. Um, If you enjoy this, let's just keep the ball rolling. Let's get it going that way. Um, So, yeah, let's, uh, let's say hello to everybody in here right now. We got Dez. Rocking the thumbs up. Good to see you, Des, over on YouTube. Uh, we got Mike S. 
rocking Alabama today. Mike, I, does Miami play Alabama early in the season this year? I think that Miami, Florida, either way, I saw some people like saying, I think it was like Miami, ooh, Alabama's an upset alert. Yeah. How many times a year do we say that? <laughs> Alabama, right. by 50, you know, yeah. I don't, it doesn't even matter. I was going <laughs> to say, did you see uh, Jerry Judy's videos today? Yes. Oh man. He's that looking poor. prime for a big year. Yeah. It's a uh, wide receiver is a quarterback dependent position, but uh, there's going to be plenty of tape of him getting open. Yeah. That, that I can guarantee <laughs> um, as long as he can stay healthy. Knock on wood. Uh, Des, I'll say beast. Hope all is well to everyone. Thank you, Des, for the well wishes there to everyone. Um, Reese coming in here saying, here we go. Remember to let the stream breathe for a bit. Let it breathe. Yeah, this is a, that's wine country, right? You have to let it breathe. That's why you put it in the decanter and everything. Higher learnings in the house. How you doing? Higher learnings. He says, hey, Broncos country. Good to see you. Uh, Dave saying, oh, God, please don't say that. I uh, don't know what it was about, but um, I'll do my best. I'll make sure I'll make sure I won't say that next time. Um, we got uh, Garrett also in the house. Garrett Ringy, always good to see you over on Facebook saying good evening, Nick and Carl. How was your 4th of July? Carl, yeah, how was your 4th? Mine was pretty low key. Uh, I actually went into Worth. We had the 5th off, but because I'm going to be off Thursday and Friday this week, I went in on Monday, took the dog in, um, got some stuff done. In the 4th, we had a couple friends out from uh, Chicago and we rented kayaks and uh, floated around Lake Union there, just uh, oh, north nice. of the main downtown. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Uh, Natalie, my wife, almost got hit by a uh, pedal hopper or a what are the, with the, the water planes and they're not biplanes, whatever those. Oh are. yeah. Just, okay. It was so busy and they're like, okay, we're taking off. And she's like going as fast as you can on the kayak. So Jeez. thank God that didn't happen, but uh, a little scary there. Okay. Well, mine was, uh, it was good. My, my mother-in-law came down and my mm-hmm. daughter went crazy buying fireworks and thankfully it's really wet around here. We actually had uh, like an inch of rain on the 4th of July. Uh, so didn't have to worry about fires. But I did have to worry about some of those parachutes that we were chasing, getting caught up in trees, and my daughter being very upset that we did not get to collect it. So that was the only problem. Otherwise, it was good. Got to go see lots of fireworks. I mean, uh, our our people around here do not disappoint. I had one family say that they spend more on the 4th of July than they do Christmas. So uh, I don't get it. I'm I'm lost, but I don't get it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, it it was a good 4th, though. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for asking, Garrett. I hope your fourth was as well. Let us know in the comments how your guys' fourth was. Um, Mike guess saying, what's up to Carl and Nick? Good to see you, Mike guess. Um, he's saying, at least we're not covering covering Aaron Rodgers' fluff. You know, when things happen with this time of year, you have to jump at what you're given, right, with the 24-7 news cycle. Um, but uh, not today. You know, this is the year. And if you guys have anything you want us to cover as well, let us know in the comment section. Uh, add us on Twitter. You know, we will get to it. Uh, say, Gary Leeds Palmer. Go ahead, Carl. I was going to say... you. The only Aaron Rodgers thing that I want to read about today is how did his golf game look? Mm. He's got that big tournament against uh, Tom Brady going on. So uh, I saw a couple shots. He looked pretty good for not playing a whole lot of rounds. Yep. Uh, yep. That's uh, I'm not much of a golfer, Carl. I like disc golf more than golf. So uh, you know who I do like, though? Gary Leeds Palmer coming mm-hmm. in here. I believe with the stars. I asked, yep, uh, coming in here. A little love for two of my favorites, Gary you're one and two of my favorites. So thank you very much. You're always supporting and we appreciate you there. Um, we got Paul Jackson in the house saying evening country. We got jo- Jovan coming in here. Yo, what's good gents. What's good with you, Jovan? Uh, Mr. Sir McLovin over on Twitch. Got to give a shout out to our Twitch lovers with the flame emoji there. What's up fellas. What's up with you? Good to see you. Uh, Garrett ringy saying I'm watching you guys on YouTube as well. Good to hear the YouTube people. Oh, we got eclipse Stormborn. It's been a hot second eclipse. Hope you're doing well. Happy Tuesday. Good to see you. Uh, Greg Smith, always the hello, goodbye. Always good to see you. 
Um, no, no, no from Slide and Glide Bros. I don't know what's going on there. Don't, t- don't tell me no Slide and Glide Bros. We're friends. Uh, Dennis says, what's up, MHH family? Hope everybody has all their fingers after the fireworks. Uh, man, I, I really hope so. Cindy, Cindy, it's been a second also. How you doing? Good evening, gentlemen. Hope you're doing well this evening. Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Cindy. Um, and uh, Anthony Hall coming in saying, we blew some ish up on the fourth well as long as it wasn't your fingers then uh i'm okay with that you know that's <laughs> just but stay safe don't start wildfires also man this year i'm really concerned about everything west of the rockies it's going to be a bad wildfire season but uh not if people are responsible right not not to be smoky the bear here for a second but only you right uh so uh speaking of only you carl only you can get me off of going on a rant and uh on to today's topic so uh, also what a transition yeah, i gotta pat myself yeah. on the back for that there one carl <laughs> go ahead what are we talking about today well, today I thought we'd look at a little bit of the, I mean, since we are building the Broncos mm-hmm. and looking at ahead to this, this upcoming season, where are some spots on this roster that if a starter goes down, Broncos are in major trouble. I mean, like there's positions where there's, there's a drop off, obviously, otherwise they'd be a starter. Yeah. But there's some where it's like our guys up here and then it's off the screen to the next level. Yeah, And uh, so I thought we'd look at some of those positions and just our, our concerns of why we think that. And if you disagree with us on the position, let us know in the comments, of course, or if there's positions that you think that we should be talking about here, uh, go ahead and do that. I mean, John and I were talking about this before the show. So, uh, but I'll, I'll start off here. And I think probably the, the biggest position that we see the biggest drop off left tackle, like right tackles got like five guys competing for it but I don't trust any of those guys to swing over to the left tackle spot and be like a serviceable player for the Broncos. If Garrett Bowles would go down for any kind of significant time. Now, thankfully he's been one of the healthiest players for the Broncos. The last knock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got a, got a knock. <laughs> but, uh, oh man. Uh, but really he has, he's just been, that's one of his best qualities is availability. And thankfully his talent is also caught up to that availability as well. But if he goes down, Broncos are in some real trouble on that offensive line. Yeah, I mean, that seems like the the obvious one. It's kind of Jenga, right? Or a house of cards. Garrett Bowles is you can you can pull a bunch of pieces, but Garrett Bowles is that one that when you like even looking at it, you know all the weight is on it. And if you pull it, it's coming down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously you have Mike Munchak, you have depth on the interior, uh, you have a quarterback who is historically pretty good at not taking sacks. Um, not Great statistically under pressure, but does not take sacks. It's not like Joe Flacco back there. Um, so that's uh, that seems like the most obvious one to me as well. And like you made a good point. It's like the tackle position in general, but you have bodies at right tackle. Are they going to be good? They don't even have to be good. Can they be average? Like, can they, can I get a Jared Valdir season, please? My lips to the Lord's ears. Jared Valdir season. Sign me up. Um, but uh, that's the left tackle position is the one that, and no disrespect to Calvin Anderson. I know he loves to run his thumbs on Twitter as do I, you know, game respect game. Um, but, um, and he had one good game against the Panthers last year too, against Brian Burns, who's a pretty good, uh, edge rusher. Honestly, thank God the Raiders didn't take him fourth overall, but still, you know what you have in Garrett Bowles. It wasn't that one game with Calvin Anderson where just a massive drop off. So that is one that concerns me. Um, I'm going to go out of the way here and do one that really doesn't seem like it is going to be one, but the way I look at it is you have to have, this strength and we cannot have it again this year. And that is the wide receiver position. Now you hear me out. Obviously the wide re- receiver position is deep. You have Corlin Sutton, you have Jerry Judy, you have KJ Hamler, you have Tim Patrick. You need those dudes. I'm I'm not, I last year we said, Oh man, imagine what this quarterback position would be. If we had Corlin Sutton, I'm over the what ifs. 
you know, bl blast those in the fireworks. What ifs? Get out of here. No more excuses, whatever. And that means the wide, re wide receiver position is one that I am not about losing any depth this year. I don't think they can survive it because the quarterback, either one of them, needs all the help they can get. And also, if you're trying to maximize these guys on their rookie contracts, all these weapons, essentially rookie contracts, uh, you can't live with it. So I know that's maybe a little bit out of the box. But when you sent me this one, I was like, you know what? The wide receiver position, you got Jerry Judy, who's out here sending out uh, awesome pictures uh, going on. You have uh, ones that uh, Cortland Sutton, obviously coming back, getting healthy. Tim Patrick going to get a payday. Hope There's still hope for KJ Hamler. I want all of them. Every single one of them. I, I can't lose one this year. I don't want any more excuses. And uh, I just want to be able to enjoy every single one of them as well. Right. Well, and it's Cortland Sutton contract year. He's got to go out there and prove that he deserves mm -hmm. that next big contract for the Broncos. So, I mean, it's it's big for him to stay on the field this year. He has another injury or a down year. Man, that, that cuts his contract maybe in half, if not more, by the end of it. So, uh, big for him. Jerry Judy, yeah, second year after being a first-round pick. Got to go out there and prove yourself and, and become that next great wide receiver for the Broncos. KJ Hamler, got to get through those injuries that he's been going through. I mean, he had some big plays for the Broncos last season, but we've said it before. Your, one of your best qualities is your availability on the field. If you can't have that, you're going to struggle. And Tim Patrick, I mean, he's playing also for a big contract. And like I said, you need those weapons on the field. You're going to always have a rotation of wide receivers. So you need four guys that can play on the field at any time because I can promise you, if it's up to Pat Shermer, he wants to play with three wide receivers. That that's his That's his wheelhouse. Now, last year, he switched things up to to try to make things a little bit easier for Drew Locke, where tried to work the middle of the field, wanted to have two tight ends on the field. I mean, th there's a lot of stats out there. I know some people are like, oh, man, they give up on the tight end. No, Broncos were one of the top teams when targeting a tight end last year. And part of that is Drew Locke. Like I said, he loves the middle of the field. Um, and, and we're going to talk about the tight end position. I'm going to mention that one. I'll, I'll just give you a little little header of, of things that are going to be coming up here pretty soon. Uh, but but still, he would rather play with those three wide receivers. And if you've got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy on the field, you like that. That I mean, that that's a, a great lineup of wide receivers that are going to be tough to cover. And yeah. uh, and then of course KJ Hamler coming in doing his own thing every once in a while as well. It, that that's what that's the dream. But you're right. After those four, things get pretty murky for the Broncos. And it's more so about the the quarterbacks need them. Right. Like this is a year where you're trying to evaluate it. You also want to give Shermer a chance also. And with how much he likes to use multiple wide receivers, you need those guys. And I think if you are going to be able to lose anybody, you don't want to lose any of them. But Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick have an overlap skill set, right? Like the Broncos lost Cortland Sutton last year. They missed him. Tim Patrick filled pretty well. They don't have anybody like Jerry Judy. They also don't really have anybody like KJ Handler. So um, hopefully all four can stay healthy, but uh, you want to keep those guys in there. Um, yep. So uh, let's keep, let's get to these super chats here real quick before we get going too much further, because of course, if you're going to show us the money, we're going to show you the love Dale Hendricks coming in here saying, Hey, Broncos country. What's up? Cops in Los Angeles destroyed a bomb van detonating confiscated fireworks. Huh. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, thanks Dale for the comment. Um, yeah. I think that's, the cops destroyed a, a bomb van with was the was the van supposed to explode because of the fireworks in it? Was it an accident? You have to let us know a little bit more. There, a little bit more there. Yeah. I've been busy as heck. So uh, we appreciate the five dollar super. Um, either way, I hope nobody got hurt and I hope uh, 
anybody with bad intentions um, received justice. There we go. Uh, but thank you very much for the $5 Super Dale. Uh, Slide and Glide Bros coming in over on YouTube with the $5 Super. We appreciate you. Uh, hi, Nick and Carler. Ooh, Carler boys. Uh, how was your fourth? I swear if Colorado doesn't do fireworks next year, um, I can't tell if you'd be happy or upset. Uh, I feel like fireworks are very, um, you very dichotomized in the opinions there. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Calvin Anderson? He's a sleeper. Uh, Carl, go ahead. What are your thoughts on Calvin Anderson? Also, where do well, you stand on fireworks? The more, the better. Or are you just kind of like, eh? I've seen it. You know what? I can't stand. I do not need to see your Instagram or Snapchat story of a fireworks show. I've seen fireworks. I don't need yeah. to click through a hundred of them on the fifth, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, mind. I like them because especially now having kids, like it's a lot of fun to go out there and see their excitement of, Oh, did you see those colors? And you know, getting to see fireworks through their eyes is a lot of fun for me. Um, but you're, there's some of it. I was, I was a, lot more into it when I was a kid. I mean, I like the dangerous ones that you never knew exactly where they were going to go and you had to run for your life. Mm. I don't like those quite as much because I don't move like I used to. You know, I don't quite have that that hip movement like I, I used to. Uh, but uh, no, I, I still, 4th of July, I still love it. Still love going out doing fireworks, everyone. It's kind of a big neighborhood thing. You know, you've always been kind of that city guy. I'm small town. This is the that time you get together, barbecue. You know, you got all the good food. Then you go light up the sky. It's a lot of fun. But uh, all right, Calvin Anderson. I like the fact that he has been working with Garrett Bowles this offseason, that he's actually went and lived with Garrett Bowles and his family. And I mean, that's a smart decision. Garrett Bowles showed, hey, I can take that next step. Now I'll teach you how to go make that next step. Shows the leadership of Garrett Bowles and shows the willingness of Calvin Anderson to go learn. And I mean, he could make this roster by the fact that he is that one guy that can actually move over there to left tackle and maybe be a serviceable player for the Broncos. Uh, he didn't show up well at right tackle, but maybe because of his ability at left tackle, he'll stay. Um, but he, he's got a long ways to go. He had one good game, but <laughs> we, we've seen before. One good game doesn't mean a whole lot. It's better than one bad game. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, we got Michael coming in here saying, uh, good evening, Carl and Nick. Great to see you guys live on Facebook. If you guys are joining us live on Facebook today, click those thumbs up. Uh, and he also goes on and says, great to be here. Go Broncos. Good to have you here. Um, we got Gary coming in for your earlier question there, Carl, or your earlier statement about left tackle. How many teams have two left tackles? Well, every team has two left tackles, right? But uh, how many teams would, would survive a left tackle drop? I think it's as much about... Uh, how important Garrett Bowles is for the overall integrity of the offensive line. When you have so much question marks at the interior offensive line, uh, the yeah. center position you don't know about, the right tackle position is also just constantly a question mark. Um, so going, and also Garrett Bowles was really good last year. So it's not just like if Garrett Bowles are just average, it's like if, if it was like the right tackle position where you just had bodies out there, it's like, okay, well, how much are we actually change, changing the, the formula and how good the offensive line can be? Going from Bowles to Anderson, probably a steep drop. Probably. Yep. You're right. I mean, he, he is the one true known quantity on that offensive line. I guess you could say Glasgow as well, mm-hmm. because he's had the years before this last year of solid to good, really good play. Um, you know, last year, I think you can throw some of it out with his injury, with getting COVID, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think you can do some of that with him. So you got those two guys. The rest of them, yeah, it's a big question mark. And you, you really like the fact that you can have Garrett Bowles on that left side and say, you know what, you can be one-on-one. We don't have to worry about you with your job. You're going to go do your job, and you're going to do it well. We can offer help elsewhere. That right tackle spot, 
whoever wins that job, we can go and help that guy because we don't have to worry about the left tackle spot. You lose that left tackle. Now you've got two tackles that you're having to worry about how you have to help them. It, it just changes the entire dynamic of the offense. I mean, it's like when Ryan Clady went down. Yeah. Peyton Manning made it work. He made it work because he's Peyton Manning, but it, it wasn't what it could have been. That's that's always the thing. Going from Hall of Fame left tackle to I can't remember who who came in. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Maybe someone in the comments remembers. I think Ryan did, Harris. No, he played right tackle for the Broncos and he stayed there. He went down to Houston oh, after Clark. he played. Chris Clark. Yeah, Chris Clark, and he did okay. He was okay. He was okay because the quarterback position was able to get rid of the ball and yeah. identified things pre-snap better than right. people. Peyton Manning got identifying things better pre-snap than most quarterbacks can, even after the play has already happened and like analyzing it. It's like, I still don't even know what happened. Peyton Manning knew it was going to happen before it happened. Yep. He's literally the, God, what's the, what's the movie where the premonition? I can't even remember. Um, and I'm reading minority now. Minority Report. Minority Report. There you go. That's a good yeah. one. Um, the Los Angeles fireworks. They were collecting a bunch of illegal fireworks. They put too much in there um, and it exploded and injured 17 people. Oh, jeez! So, uh, not great. Yeah, there no, you go, Dale. I was looking it up. So. We overloaded a bomb um, with over a million dollars worth of fireworks. And uh, yikes, uh, stay safe. There yep. you go, slide and glide. Go to LA next year. No, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't make, <laughs> God, I shouldn't make a joke. Um, but uh, let's keep it going here, Carl. Do you have your, your next position where you are okay. interested in? Uh, if the Broncos, and let's get everybody up to speed, what we're talking about right now. Yeah, um, go ahead. Oh, go I was going to say, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're talking about positions that if, if a starter went down, the Broncos would be in trouble. You know, there's some positions that I look at that like cornerback starter goes down. I still feel pretty darn good about that position because they've got four or five deep of guys that have starter, either starter experience or should be a high quality starter moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I feel good about that kind of position. One of them really is. Yeah. Running back field. You feel pretty good. You got two guys that should be yeah. starters on most teams. Yeah. And uh, so I'll go with, uh, with tight end. I, I teed it up a little bit earlier. You got Noah Fant, who's looking like he could have an outstanding year, but his first two years in the league, he's been dinged up. He's, he's had his struggles with some it. of that. And so, uh, yeah, you guys talked about him this morning. And mm-hmm. then of course you got Albert Okawebenam who showed some promising moments, but obviously still needed some work after those two guys. Who do you got? Uh, it, it's it's hey, a list. Sean Byer. Don't talk crap about <laughs> <laughs> Sean Byer. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Your Iowa boy, Sean Byer. But another one. Uh, uh, but no, it, it just it is. It's one of those positions, especially with how often you do want to try to mix things up offensive scheme wise yeah. and get two tight ends sometimes on the field. One of those guys goes down. That eliminates that ability. You, you take that off the field. And and I said earlier, Drew Locke loves two tight end sets. Loves it. That was where he was at his best. The Broncos over those final five weeks. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Drew Locke finally started getting it. Well, they also changed up the scheme and changed up the language to make things easier for him. So it wasn't all just Drew Locke and, and making some of those decisions. It was Pat Shermer adjusting to uh, to the system and to the si- situation. And uh, so, again, you lose one of those guys. You lose that ability to do that. So if Drew Locke wins the job, you're hurting your quarterback by not having a, another tight end that could come in and play some significant downs and do well. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, 
while the Broncos last year were fourth in the NFL in tight end targets per game, I think they were 12th through 14th somewhere in there as far as two tight end sets. So I guess losing Noah Fant is going to hurt. How much do you believe in Albert Okwebenam taking a step this year? Because it does seem like Noah Fant is ready to explode. Caveat, quarterback dependent position. Um, but uh, how much would you be concerned if Noah Fant, let's say, misses six to eight games and you have to rely on Albert Okwebenam Albert as your tight end one? It depends when it happens in the season. So if it happens early on, because Okwebenam is still recovering from an injury, a significant injury, like he was very limited in OTAs and mini camp and is going to start off training camp limited. So it's still going to take him some time to get up to speed of being back to that full hundred percent kind of guy on the field. So if it happens in the first eight weeks, I'm going to be sitting there sweating bullets. If it's the final eight weeks where he's had some time to not only get healthy, but continue to work in the system and work with the quarterbacks, I'm going to feel a little bit better about it, but it's still not going to be great. I mean, Noah Fant, there's a reason he was a first-round tight end and considered one of the most athletic tight ends the day one that he entered in the the NFL. And he is an athletic freak. And he shows this year, he looks like he's going to be an even greater athletic freak than when he came out of college. And to lose that ability on the field of a guy that can just scare teams to no end. We've talked about it on here that having that kind of weapon at the tight end position is one of the greatest mismatches on the field. There's not a linebacker in the NFL that you can sit there and say, go cover that guy one-on-one and be confident that he's going to win most of those battles and safeties. They're not big enough to out man that guy, you know, when they're going for those jump balls or anything like that, cornerbacks, they're again, too small for that kind of thing. So that's why it is so important for Noah Fant to be one of the most explosive players for the Broncos this year to be a true X factor for this offense. If they're going to be good. Yeah, man, I'm, I don't really like to get uh, jerseys of uh, current players because they tend to sign elsewhere, but uh, might have to get myself a Noah fan. The Hawkeye yeah. stuff is too. Also, I was like two years ahead on him, like screaming on Twitter saying Noah fans going to be a first round tight end. Yep. And uh, boy, howdy, did he end up being a good player? Um, so uh, yeah, man, I, John, John was saying yeah, John, was yeah. too. John was no, John was a Noah fan doubter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's only up, you do like, have to only hash this out after um, for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, so my position is it's a position that again, I'm trying to think outside the box. Cause I'm, I saw you and John talking about it there and I heard a couple that, you know, seemed obvious. So I'm like, okay, what, yeah. what could be interesting that way? Also, we could talk about it for longer. Um, the safety position. I think the safety position is an interesting one to discuss because the Broncos did use two day three picks on the position. But if you're relying on either of those guys to be anything besides safety three this year, I would be concerned. And it's more so it's the safety position, but it's Justin Simmons specifically. Kareem Jackson has been solid at safety, no mm-hmm. doubt. But I do think that towards the end of last year, he started to, and hello, Jay, curly hair gang in the house. How you doing? Um, I do think that Justin's, or excuse me, Kareem Jackson last year started, you started to see a little bit of a slip. I thought I saw a little bit less twitch um, out of him. Just, you know, he's still a really good player. I just don't think he was as good. Um, so, Hey, we've spoken positively of yeah. Shermer in here, but I mean, we've talking milk toast average about Shermer in here, but that doesn't mean you yeah. have to dog him. Right. Um, but anyway, the, the safety position, I don't, if Justin Simmons goes down for a while with how much Vic Fangio puts on these safeties mentally and how much Justin Simmons does to cover up the, the front end in front of him, And just again, the complexity of the coverages on the back end, I would be very concerned. 
Um, yep. He is the most important player in this back seven. Um, he is considered one of the best safeties in football. I was, Oh, Nick, if they lose one of the best safeties, but like, it's not like I, tr- I don't want to see Kareem Jackson and Caden Stern slash Jamar Johnson. I don't think that would be a recipe for anything good, especially in the spread them out pass happy AFC West that is beginning to emerge. Right. Well, and, and you factor in both those tight ends or both those tight ends, both those safeties, the Broncos took are considered project safeties guys that were, yeah, they, they were athletic freaks in college that you think, Hey, if I give them a year or two working with the, this coaching staff, they can really develop into something good, but you don't. Yeah. Like you said, starting as rookies, that that's not going to be great in this Fangio system because it is one of the most complicated in the NFL. Now, given like half the teams are now trying to copy the system, but yeah. it still is where safeties have to have, they have to be on point in everything they do because they are the ones that make things confusing for the quarterbacks, for the offensive coordinators of, okay, are we dropping two back? Are we dropping one forward, one back? Are they coming up rushing? You know, they're, they're just all over the field doing things. And you, that's why the tight or the safeties have to be multiple. That's why yep. we keep saying there, there is no free safety, strong safety. It's safety, safety. Yep. Because they're going to be doing a little bit of everything. And uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with one of these rookies doing it. And then you got guys like PJ Locke, who at best is a special teamers at best <laughs> practice squad kind of guy. I mean, I don't, they're, they're the back end of the roster when you're talking the 90 man roster and Trey Marshall's still here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but again, still, I mean, they're, those names sit there and go, Oh yeah, I could see that guy becoming something. Just not the case. And I, I mean, I could see Jamar Johnson or Caden Stearns becoming something, but not this year. So you're yeah. right. That, that would be a really bad position to lose a starter. Yeah. And it's the Broncos did the right thing by investing in that position like they did. So that way, you know, 2022, 2023, you have, potential develop guys who can develop and be cost controlled starters there, which is great for the safety position. But for 2021, like if Simmons goes down, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get to the comment <laughs> section here real quick. Um, just to say hello to some people. Um, Travis Tarbox saying uh, good evening, fellas just started watching the show. I'm always Denver Broncos for life. Hope all is good. Good to see you Travis. Oh, and stars as well. Uh, coming in here um, from Travis, I believe. Uh, so thank you very much, Travis. That means a heck of a lot. Let's get to this one as well from Travis. Uh, just to double down on the stars. Since you're showing us love, we'll show you some love. Um, also, hello, Benjamin Flores. Good to see you. Uh, Travis Tarbucks coming in. Do you guys believe that with our offseason additions uh, that the Broncos helped close the gap between them and the Chiefs? Um, yes, they did close the gap, right? Like They, they did close the gap. It was pretty big before. Um, Is Go ahead. Is it more because of some of the players the Chiefs lost than the players the Broncos gained, though? I would say it's more so because the Broncos really fixed the secondary, and this you have to have depth at cornerback to have a chance against Casey, and you're getting Von Miller back. I think the Broncos themselves gained ground. Now, they're going from, like, you know, it's really easy to gain ground when you're as low as they were, right? Like, they didn't... <laughs> it'd be hard for them to be worse than last year picking nine overall. Right. Um, yeah. With all the injuries and everything too, but they went out and attacked the secondary. It's just going to be really hard for them to overcome the chiefs until the quarterback position is figured out for Denver. And they at least have average. They need to have a special team around average quarterback play. Um, but they didn't have that last year. 
maybe they'll get it this year, hopefully. And uh, then you need a special team on top of that average quarterback to overcome probably the best quarterback in football right now. Yeah. But they did close the gap. I, th- I think, yeah, I, I, I say that without I, hesitation. And what I think it you? is. Do you not think so? No, I, I think they did. I, I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Like you said, Broncos fixing their secondary. That's huge. When you're talking about some of the weapons that the chiefs have, you got to have some of these players that they went out and got. And I do feel like Patrick Sertan is one of the few cornerbacks that I would feel okay trying to cover Travis Kelsey one-on-one and see what happens. Uh, not the entire game, but at least for a little while, I think he could do some some decent damage there. But I also think, like I said, I think the Chiefs have also taken a step back. Their defense is not what it was. Um, and it, their defense was average before this. And Frank Clark, that's going to be a big blow if he gets suspended here for a while. Uh, after some of his charges that he had this offseason. And then their secondary looks bad. You got you got one good player, Matteo. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> behind, I, really behind like, him, uh, I like Juwan Thornhill. I guess Steed. And, and Juwan Thornhill. Hey. He, was, he was pretty good for them before he got injured. Last year he was coming off an ACL. Um, I like yeah. him a lot coming out of Virginia as well. But uh, I think Juwan Thornhill is a pretty darn good talent. Um, okay. So, uh, I think you have and, your Chris Jones also is a transcendent talent. Yeah, he, he's good. I mean, I'm not saying their defense is like Raider bad. I'm no. just saying I, I do think it took a step back from where it was last year. And now their reworked offensive line. We're going to have to see how that goes. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't mind the Orlando Brown addition, but he's also going from the most run heavy offense to the most pass heavy offense. So we're going to have to see how that goes for, for mm-hmm. them. They might have a rookie starting at center, and we just saw this last year how big of a jump that is for any center moving up into the NFL. Um, yeah. So I, I do think there's going to be some some growing pains for that Chiefs team compared to years past, where it's just been where they almost brought back almost every starter, kind of like Tampa Bay did this year. That yeah. they're starting to lose some players, and some guys are getting up there in age a little bit. So it's not quite the Chiefs of the last couple of years. Yeah, no, that's a uh, that's a good one. And Jay Roper with an interesting question here: Is the talent on this defense scheme transcendent? Uh, I don't think talent like you'd have individual players who could be scheme transcendent, but that's really rare for defensive players, specifically given mm-hmm. how different the schemes are across the league. Um, so, are there any like even like Justin Simmons? You don't want him playing as much in like that Wade Phillips, you know, deep field safety versus box safety role. He's perfect for Vic Fangio where it's a lot of pre-snap two high looks. He can come down, yep. play a slot. He can go back and play single high. They can do the two high stuff, but it's, it, I think it's perfect for Justin Simmons right now. Uh, so I guess in that regard, and also uh, Patrick Sertan, you don't want him playing off coverage uh, slot or something. You want him to be able to dictate, use his length, be physical and uh, be patient in that regard too, with his contact. Um, so that's another one. So would I say either of those guys are scheme transcendent, even though they, I think they're supreme talents, probably not. Um, typically your scheme transcendent guys, most of the time, unless you have like an absolute incredible man cornerback, which like Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey, I'd say he's scheme transcendent, but yeah, really he might be the only one in the league um, who is like that. And even then, like would you, you'd be zapping him if you're playing him in a Seattle cover three right? He'd lose a lot of his value. So most of the time, those scheme transcendent defensive guys are trench players. And I think that you can make an argument for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb is both being scheme transcendent three, four, four, three. They're getting after it. Two point stance, three point stance, 
nine technique, seven technique, uh, stunts, you know, twists, whatever. Like those are the two guys, but in the back seven specifically, pretty darn hard to really point to true scheme trans, uh, scheme transcendent guys. I guess you can see it uh, for uh, linebackers sometimes, but I don't know if Jewel slash Alexander Johnson are that. Yeah. Baron Browning with his athleticism, if he grows as a player could become that kind of player. Yeah. Um, and, and Andrew lamp, we want to say thank you for the stars. Really appreciate that. But boom, fireworks, baby. Talking There's the that fourth of July. My appreciate favorite. It. Um, so yeah, very, very appreciative of that. But uh, you're you're right. It's tough to find guys, especially in the secondary, that can just do it all. There, there's just very few guys that have that kind of athletic profile, intelligence, everything that you need to to be that kind of guy. That, I mean, usually if they're that kind of guy, they're Hall of Fame. And uh, I ask because Fanju has a specific defense, and if he is fired, who would you want as the next DC? Ooh, that's uh, ooh, that's a good one. Whoever Lincoln Riley wants. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just, uh, just just give me some offense. Give me somebody yeah. to develop a gosh darn quarterback. Thought, uh, yeah, I thought you'd want the Iowa State quarter coach gone. You know what? He can take. Uh, then he can go to Oklahoma. I guess they're both Big Twelve, so that probably wouldn't happen. I would love it, man, if Matt Campbell went. Although I do, I am enjoying uh, Kirk Cousins' uh, undefeated streak against him. So uh, I, I don't know. You have to ask who's the head coach first before we get to the DC. I do hope that we keep the scheme. Yeah, that's the big one. It's um, so yeah. it's really proving to be the scheme that fits today's NFL game. Yep. And we're talking about spreading teams out, needing guys where they don't have to be one on one athletically, just trying to keep up with all these wide receivers that are hitting the NFL right now. I mean, th- this is the, the golden age of wide receivers. It's why I also say you don't really have to take one first round. And I'm a wide receiver guy. Now, if there, there's a guy out there that you like, I mean, I like Jerry Judy. I liked CD lamb. Uh, I liked Henry the third as well. I liked all those guys. And there was guys in this draft waddle that I wouldn't have minded the Broncos taking in the first round uh, chase. Maybe wouldn't have been too upset about that either, but, but you just, you're getting so many wide receivers now entering the NFL every single year where you're, you're looking at like 25 deep on each draft where you're going, yeah, I could see that guy being a starter in the NFL. And so it's just tough for cornerbacks, safeties to keep up with these guys one-on-one. So having this kind of zone man scheme that the Fangio does this quarters for defense, it fits perfect to try to slow some of that down. I guess the one thing I will push back to you with the wide receivers is while it is deep, you're seeing more on the field and more be utilized than ever before also. Yep. So you need to have depth there. Um, it's not like the running back position where like, let's say you get one in the fifth round. You might be able to find a wide receiver in the fifth round, just like you might be able to find a running back in the fifth round. Great. You're going to use four or five wide receivers throughout a year where you might use one or two, you know, two running backs. So I think that's the, that's where I'll push back a little bit. I agree with you in principle, but uh, if there's guys also, um, those guys, some of those guys can be uh, scheme transcendent guys, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, that's what you hope with Jamar Chase. Like you cannot call up your defensive scheme without accounting for that guy, which changes the formula for everything. I don't think that's the same for running backs. Um, so I, I push back a little bit there, just a little bit. I, okay. overall, I, 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 I don't mind. I, like I said, I, I just feel like when you are finding high quality starters in the second and third rounds, yeah. Sometimes I kind of lean towards those positions compared to like tackle that drops off a cliff real quick yep. in today's NFL or edge rusher. Another position that drops off usually pretty quick cornerback. 
kind of quarterback is kind of like wide receiver, but they're a rarer position to find. Yeah. So that's like I can't put them the same, even though you're gonna need as many of the bodies. Yeah. So um, okay, well, let's get to the chat here real quick. Let's see what's going on. Is Browning the one with the heart condition? Uh, him and I have the same type. Um, that would be John Cooper yep. uh, of Ohio State. So uh, hopefully that answers it for you. Um, let me see. We got some more here going on. Uh, just ready to break the Chiefs winning streak against our Broncos. I despise the Chiefs. Um, I do not despise the Chiefs because I kind of like Kansas City as a city. Um, my sister lives in Kansas City. And uh, family members are Kansas City Chiefs fan. Arrowhead is cool. I despise the Raiders. It's probably about it is actually for uh, full on despise. Now, if like Patrick Mahomes was like a full on tool, they'd be easy to hate. I just, mm-hmm. I don't, this is a little Kermit frog, the voice and how funny he is and just how much funny is out there. That's yeah. It's maybe it's not what you want to hear out here. I'm, I'm, I'm already tired of him. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm yeah. tired of Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs beating us. And maybe if this continues another five, six years, I'm going to despise the chiefs, but yeah. I just, it'd be hard for them to pass the Raiders. I hate the Raiders. Yeah. I was going to say Mahomes' fiance is more annoying than him. <laughs> yes. yes. But uh, I, I, I can deal with that. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Rich Rich. I'll, I'll stop trying to throw people off cliffs. My bad. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I live in flat land. And so that idea of being able to see a cliff, it's kind of just like a dream. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. So I have to have to go that direction. But uh, but no, you're, you're right. That uh, All right. Coming in here at the edge position, this might be another one that we could talk about, yeah, about depth issues from Joseph saying, go Denver Broncos and Von Miller, Bradley Chubb will have 40 sacks together this year. If the Broncos do that, one, it means they're a playoff team. Two, yeah. means the offense is doing outstanding, getting them early leads, and the, the defense can really pin their ears back. And three, it means that secondary is like living up to the hype. All those things playing into it. And Von Miller, Bradley Chubb both stay he- healthy the entire season. There's a lot of things that have to work to make that happen. Not saying they can't happen because both of them have proven they can rack up sacks in a hurry. And <clears throat> you just got to get them some kind of lead. But uh, the edge position, another one that depth-wise, you got three guys. And you got two of them with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb that have both struggled with injuries. And Malik, Malik Reed, I would say, is better as a backup than a starter. Now, I think there's, he has an opportunity to go start somewhere else after this season. But, again, after them, it – oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Not, not, not diving off a cliff. But you got Jonathan Cooper. Is he even going to play this year? We're, we're not sure yet. <laughs> he might get a redshirt season because of his heart issue. Uh, I, I think I like him. I really do. I think he could be a decent player. There's not much else. Derek Tuska. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Name. Maybe, but there, there's even been some talk where they're they're going. He hasn't been working out that position, and that they were going to try him at off-ball linebacker. We talked about that last year. Given his body type, uh, just man, he is teeny tiny, right? Mm-hmm. Just getting engulfed out there. Um, what do you think about Baron Browning? Well, and okay, so we talked about this before the show. This is that whole Justin Hollins thing all over again. Do you, when, when you drafted him, you drafted him with the idea that he's going to play off-ball linebacker. If you stick him at edge this year, I'm either saying stay at edge, keep him at edge because you've already lost a year of training. Uh, I, I just, I hate that idea. 
you can't keep moving these guys around. Kind of like I mean, that was part of the reason he dropped in the draft because Ohio State was moving him around and he was only getting limited tape at all these different positions. And he showed promise at each of those positions. But he also showed struggle because he didn't always know where he was supposed to be going or what he was supposed to be doing. And so that's why I want, especially rookies, when they get into the NFL, teach them one position. Say, this is what I want you to learn this year. We'll add more on your plate next year. So if if you're going to move an edge, keep them at edge. Yep. And we got Joseph Anthony coming in here saying we need a blocking tight end and we need either Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram on a one-year deal. Um, I don't know if the Broncos necessarily need Justin Houston or Melvin Ingram as far as depth. I, I feel pretty confident uh, with what they have right now at edge um, with Chubb, Vaughn, and Malik Reed. Now, if one of those guys get injured, then you talk about that kind of move. Uh, the edge position to me is more so of a it's a long-term need uh, in my eyes. Now, I agree with you that you know falls off a cliff, uh, so to speak, as a, a talent. Like if you lose a Von Miller or a Bradley Chubb, you're not going to be able to find Right. that at this point. Um, but I look at that much more as like an investment. It's a, it's an impending investment need. Right. So that that's a different conversation than like this position or this conversation we're having right now. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you very much. And also blocking tight end. Uh, that would be great. Um, Jason, the hardest use isn't bad. Once you get it abolished. Um, well, that's, that's good to hear. Also happy to hear that you are, uh, hopefully they're abolished for you. Um, they go through your femoral vein. Well, that's a, uh, that's tough. Carl, I did cadaver in college and uh, my cadaver, I got to go through his heart and uh, he had uh, four uh, arteries coming off his uh, aortic or arch of the aorta instead of three. So we had to send Ooh. his heart back to the University of Iowa uh, <laughs> because uh, it was he was like one in a million person. Probably went his whole life without knowing it other than like, oh, I get winded sometimes. So uh, pretty yeah. crazy. Sorry to get into the nerd uh, stuff there. Yeah, cadaver we, was we only got uh, Yeah, we only got test dummies when I was doing EMT training. Mm, okay. So we got to see the different body parts inside of it and everything, but I didn't get the the real body experience. It was the worst because I would uh, have orchestra right afterwards and my hands would smell like formaldehyde and then they'd sweat. So um, sorry to everyone within a 20 foot radius. Um, so getting gross here the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, Chandler coming in over on Periscope over on Twitter. Good to see you Periscope listeners in here. Uh, do you think Sertan will be playing mainly in dime or do you think he'll take a starting spot? I hate to be that guy. I think it's inevitable somebody gets dinged. I think somebody gets hurt. And I think the least likely to get hurt is Patrick Sertan. So uh, I think eventually he takes a starting spot. Who gets hurt? I mean, Kyle Fuller is 31, 32 this year. Darren Ronald Darby's played one full season. Bryce Callahan's never played a full season. And you're probably still like with how deep the wide receivers positions are and the the pass happiness of the AFC West, you're going to want to rotate those guys anyway. So uh, does it matter if he's starting dime or a starting top three cornerback? He's going to be starting eventually. I think it's, yep. just, it's inevitable. Nope. I'm with you. He's still going to get over half the snaps this year on defense. Uh, just the Broncos want to get him on the field. You don't draft a guy that high and then say, Oh, let's give him a rook, you know, a red shirt season. That's not how it works. He's one of the most NFL ready players in this past draft. You got to get that guy on the field. Yeah. We got higher learnings coming in here talking about our earlier conversation. Um, I was kind of envious seeing Justin Hollins making so many plays for the Rams defense. Justin Hollins is going to be a fine player, and I do wish the Broncos had him instead of Tuska. I, Carl, here's a question for you. Would you rather have uh, Malik Reed or Justin Hollins? Malik Reed. It's pretty darn close. You're right. They're, yeah, they're, it is. I, I mean, I, I did think I think Malik Reed is a more natural pass rusher on the yeah. edge. And so yeah. because that position has more value, 
that's why I'm going to give him the edge over a guy that has versatility. Yep. Um, okay. I was curious there. Uh, as far as Justin Hollins, I mean, that defense, it's you, we've heard Sneed. I think it's the Rams deep, uh, general manager talk about it where he's like, we just get some stars in there, get like five, six stars and everything else. We'll deal with it later. That's I mean, you've seen the way they've handled that with draft picks. Um, so like while Hollins looked good last year, a lot of Hollins looking pretty good has to do with number 99 in the middle of the defense, uh-huh. as well as having the best true man cornerback in fo- football right now. Yep. Right. So um, also uh, shout out to Brandon Staley, unfortunately with the, the chargers now, um, Rich, Rich, I'm not a doctor. I'm an epidemiologist, uh, but uh, you know, I did the pre-med uh, pathway. So I had a lot of fun there yeah. um, and a lot of not fun as well <laughs> as uh, as college can be. How's that? Um, how's that? Uh, how's that commercial go? I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at a motel, a holiday six, express or a holiday. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> you th- yeah. All right. Our Powell coming in here. Who do you think will be the defensive rookie of the year this year? Hmm. hmm. It's almost always a, it's, it's stupid because they give it the award based on like tackles, which is probably one of the least important defensive statistics because tackles have a lot to do with the scheme and who's around you and the game flow. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if it was Micah Parsons does not make him the most valuable guy. Um, but uh, I think he could accumulate a lot of tackles and get that position. If not, then uh, a pass rusher, right? If there could be any pass rusher who uh, accumulates a bunch of sa- uh, sacks this year, do you have any? Oh, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, you know, I'll call Jalen Phillips out. I think he plays on a good yeah. defense, a team that's ascending. Uh, he's going to be healthy this year. He would have been top 10 if it wasn't for the injuries. Um, I'll go with Jalen Phillips. I think he's going to get, I think he'll get 10 sacks. Yeah, I, the, I, I could see J.C. Horn just because he's going to be a starter day one. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities going against number one wide receivers. So teams are going to test him early and often. I think he could put up the. It's too volatile. Yeah. I I just think touchdowns, but he's going to get the big stats, the the interceptions. Everybody's going to be like, oh, look at that. He got a big interception, even though he's given up three touchdowns. So I I could see that kind of being a play. Um, You're right. Jalen Phillips seems like the guy that I would, if I was a betting man, that's where I'd put my money because he's going to get lots of opportunities. And I think he's in a very good situation there with Miami to actually go have a very good season. Um, I I really hope it's not Michael Parsons. (laughs) I just, some of his things that he did off the field just make me not really want to root for that guy. And he plays for Dallas. Yep. So it just, Coming up, snake eyes. Yeah, Uh, not coming up, snake eyes for us today. Andrew Morrow, thank you very much. Um, Coming in with two supers. I see two coming up on my screen here. So two times, Andrew. God bless you. Starting from the beginning of the show now, but I'm sure the next 50 minutes will be great. Hashtag sign a rod. Hashtag go Broncos. Um, And uh, here it is again. Same thing. I'll say starting. Oh man, second time starting from the beginning of the show now. Double dipping. But I'm sure the next 50 minutes will be great. Hashtag sign a rod. Hashtag go Broncos. Did I say it twice? Yes, I did, but he supered yep. twice, so I'm gonna do it, right? There you I, go. Uh, for money, hell yeah! Um, but uh, thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate you, and we'll see you at this point too. Um, and uh, did I yawn? I the the reason I probably yawned is uh, because it's uh, the morning show. Is uh, sometimes takes wind on my sails a little bit for the rest of the day, and I've been busy as heck at work, but also still getting over a weekend of uh, adult beverages with some college friends in town. So uh, st- still getting there. 
But um, let me see. We got some more coming in here. Nick, the Matrix has you. I've been in the Matrix forever, man. I've accepted it. <laughs> Mystery Anderson. Um, not sure why we gave him Justin Holland. He lacked production, but he's still young. It was just a roster math thing. They thought they could get somebody else uh, a little bit more value there and uh, didn't, uh, you know, didn't get there. Yeah. So what, it is what you, it is. You can't keep everyone that has potential. Yep. You got to sometimes keep the players that you know are going to give you more this year compared to possible future production. It's just that that's the way the roster works. You only have so many spots open and you just can't take a guy that you actually think could be productive this season, especially you think about like this coaching staff this season. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this will factor in, in the final 53 that get picked. They might let some of the younger guys go that have real potential because they realize their jobs are on the line and they need guys that can do something right now. Yep. Uh, we got Joseph coming in here saying, uh, who do you guys want to start at quarterback Teddy or Locke? I want the best guy to start. I don't care who it is because uh, I cheer for the number on the front of the jersey and not the back. Um, even though really pull, I do pull for them. I try not to as much because trying to be not biased, but uh, I want the best quarterback to start. Best case scenario for the Broncos is it's Drew Locke earning it and taking it and becoming a good quarterback. And you have a cost control quarterback for the next two years and a young guy. Uh, so I guess I want Locke, but uh, more so I just want a competent quarterback play. And uh, for just you know, play play pilot because you got fun weapons here. Just distribute, play John Stockton, right? Like yeah. it's the dream team out there. You know, just get the ball to those guys and sit back. You don't have to be <laughs> the guy. Just yep. get the ball to the guys. Yeah, I'll go Brett Rippin. I'm just kidding. oh god, I thought about that. I <laughs> no, I, I do hunting. like Brett. I really do. I think he's uh, he's a smart guy. knows knows the game well. As many people have said, I think in in the future he could become an NFL coach. He's got that kind of of brain for football. Um, but when it comes to, like I said, between Teddy or lock, I want lock just because he has the bigger arm. He's got the, the bigger potential to actually go out there and just have an outstanding season. I mean, if, if I'm a betting man of which one of these two guys could become a top 10 quarterback, drew locks the choice. So you, you bank on that kind of potential. Uh, but like you said, at this point with this kind of weapons, you do, you just need a guy that can go out there and distribute get the ball in the playmaker's hands, give them an opportunity to go make a big play. And if you can do that, by golly, go out there and win some games. Uh, so I, I, I'm just, I, I'm waiting to see how this all plays out. I, I'm not really rooting one way or the other because I, I like both guys. I've heard really good things about Teddy as a person. And, uh, you know, I, I had uh, at camp, one of the guys down there, he said, you know, Brett Favre is my idol. Man, he's such a good guy. And I was like, you mean the guy that did drugs and sent pictures that he shouldn't have? And he's like, he did those things. He didn't know that, <laughs> but, but Teddy, no, Teddy's a good guy. Um, and a lot of players love him everywhere he goes, usually a pretty good leadership quality. Um, so I, I, I'll cheer for both of them and I'll cheer for whichever one wins for sure. Absolutely. Mo Ron coming in here saying, I would love the show to be on five times a week, man. Thank you very much, Mo. That means a lot. I don't know if uh, Chad and Zach got the mic sometimes, you know, just hold Holding on, but no, they have a great show too. It's, I don't know if I could do five times a week with everything else going on, <laughs> but if there was demand, my ego is big enough that if people asked for it, I would, I would do it. You know, it's like, Oh, you love me that much. All right. Well, Mo, thank you actually for showing us that you love us. Uh, $5 super over on YouTube. That means a lot. Um, and, uh, would love for this show to be on five times a week. Best one. And Scott is good too. So there's a shout out to Scott as well. Yep. Um, so thank you very much, Mo. Uh, that sounds good. And, uh, Jay saying, Nick, how's your friend? I think you're talking about my friend who, uh, the one that was visiting, he was not the one who is sick. My friend who is sick, uh, 
he's hanging on. I'll leave it at that. Um, but uh, do we have some more coming in here? Oh, uh, any more? John, any more? Okay, well, I, I want to shout out a couple more um, before we get out of here just to see if there will be a few more uh, supers that come in because uh, we want to get you guys the full hour here, even though it's the dead time. Um, we'll, we'll drag it out. Uh, the interior defensive line. That's a position where I don't trust the depth that well. Um, if Draymond Jones or Shelby Harris goes down, I am going to be concerned. Uh, just because, I mean, we were hoping for McTelvin and to take a step forward. We don't know, right? It took four years for DeMarcus Walker to show very much of anything. And I think he's still a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Did he sign with anybody? I don't even know if he's signed with anybody. Somebody in the chat's going to fact check me on that one. But um, that's one that kind of uh, the interior defensive line. And I think that we saw that last year with the Vikings too. The wheels fall off the bus because they did not have a great uh, interior defensive line. The depth was bad. And the entire thing, once they got to their guys just getting blown off the line in scrimmage their uh, integrity fell apart so interior defensive line is when i think people haven't talked about it now you're not banking on injuries and you're you are hoping again ajim takes a step forward also to deshaun williams flashed yep. last year uh so oh there we go but yes he yep. did sign with houston thank you very much that's right uh deshaun williams flashed last year i'm not sure if he's somebody you want to be his starter um but uh interior defensive line that's another that's a sneaky dark horse again for uh 2022's first round pick Right. Yeah. And I, I'm hearing it should be a pretty good draft. I mean, obviously, we'll have to wait to see how this next year goes. But yeah. uh, this last draft was one of the worst. Usually after one of the worst, it means there's a lot of guys that are going to be for the next one. And really, the 2022 draft, it sounded like there it should be one of the most loaded drafts at a lot of positions. I'm not going to say all positions, but it should mm-hmm. be loaded at a lot of positions there just because he had a lot of guys who – didn't get a whole lot of tape in this year, so they didn't get a whole lot, lot of opportunity to sh- showcase what they can do. Went back to college, uh, going to get an opportunity this year. And uh, so, whew, I don't know what that is. What, do you hear something? Just this giant. Like, oh, it was, like a, it was a plane flying over. I guess. Okay, That's there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're right. That, uh, almost hit us this morning. It's coming back. Oh, it's, man. It's, coming back it's trying to finish, to finish you off. Oh man, but uh, no, you're you're right. The the defensive line there, the interior defensive line, it could be a problem. And I mean, we saw this last year. They kind of they made chicken salad salad out of you know what. Mm-hmm. They made it work after seeing Casey go down, and it it, it, it was decent actually considering, mm-hmm. but it wasn't what it could have been. And this year shows a lot of potential with some guys coming back from injury. And then of course, Draymond Jones getting that third year where he should really be able to take off. But any of those guys go down, it could be a little bit of struggle for the Broncos. Yep. I agree. And the other one, I think it's the uh, off ball linebacker position, right? Um, we have hopes for Baron Brown and we have hopes for Justin Stranod. Haven't seen him, right? There's a lot of projection there. Um, I do think that is one position out of every single one we've talked about. They can uh, scheme to protect those guys, but uh, that's one that also kind of concerns me. As well, and I did not accidentally flush the toilet. I never accidentally do that. I don't waste water like that. Um, but uh, guys, I think that's gonna have to do it to get on out of here today. Um, so we got the super chat superstars coming in. We're gonna give you guys a read off here Dale Hendricks, uh, Slide and Glide Bros, Andrew Morrow, Gary Leeds Palmer, Andrew Lampy, Travis Tarbucks. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, and contributing to the show, not just in the comment section, but uh, keeping the lights on in here, right? We have some people saying, Oh, we want this show five days a week. Well, um, the day that we start competing with uh, huddle up 
as far as what we bring in in a single show, we can have that conversation. So uh, you guys put your money where your mouth is there, and uh, we appreciate that a heck of a lot. Um, but that's going to do it for Building the Broncos. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know what happened to Nick. Uh, but, yes, thank you for, for tuning in to Building the Broncos. And as always, I mean, it's just always a great time every Tuesday. Make sure if you're on YouTube to, to like, subscribe, and share. You can follow us on Twitter at BTB Football Pod. You can follow Nick, of course, at Nick Kindle MHH, me at Nick, or at Nick Kindle, at Carl Dumbler MHH, and of course, John at John K uh, MHH. And we just appreciate all of you guys for tuning in once again to, you know, in this dead time and just getting this chance to, to talk some more Bronco football. Always a good time. Uh, always look forward to every single Tuesday. And of course, follow at Mile High Huddle as well. And uh, guys, like, subscribe, share this out there on YouTube, Facebook. Make sure you're liking it, sharing it. Uh, we got to number 33. Got ourselves a little rookie number, Javante Williams. So really appreciate that for all of you guys out there. And and uh, we'll be right back here next Tuesday at 7 p.m. my time central. And then next time, 5 p.m., right? Yeah, yes, sir. Him, so. I'm back. Am I still here? What's, what's yeah, going you're on? here. You're here. You're, you're kind of in and out a little bit, but uh, but the plane uh, no, got well, me. There you go. <laughs> but no, thank you guys again for tuning in for another great episode of Building the Broncos. As always, go Broncos, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe, guys. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com to keep the conversation going.